Nation, what's going on? Welcome to another edition of the Silver and Black Hole, exclusively here on the Silver and Black Pride Podcast Network on SB Nation. I'm your host, Nick Hamilton, alongside my man, Kaylin Sokol. And uh, we got a jam-packed show for y'all today. Of course, coming off the aftermath of the huge AFC West showdown between the Oakland Raiders and the Los Angeles Chargers. Last time, the Los Angeles Chargers will be playing the Oakland Raiders in Oakland in the black hole. We'll get into that. What the takeaways for were, excuse me, the pros and cons, all that great stuff. And yes, the Raiders were successful and continue to control their own destiny, sitting at five and four. Bringing in my man, Kaylin. What's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing. I'm doing great. I mean, today doing great, relaxing, nice. Good day, especially after Raiders win, you know? Yes, indeed. After a great Raiders win on a big Thursday night, that's right, Thursday night football, where the entire country can see exactly what we've been seeing all season long. Now, lately, I have been skeptical of the Oakland Raiders. If any of you all recall my former broadcast partner on the other podcast, you would recall me saying that I don't think the Raiders would get more than seven wins. Well, it appears that I may be wrong. The Raiders could be making a playoff appearance. Who knows? Right now, they are sitting at 5-4, and four, which is second behind the AFC West leading Kansas City Chiefs. And that is thanks in part to a huge fourth-quarter, two-minute drill drive down the field that was capped off by 18-yard touchdown run by none other than the rookie running back, Josh Jacobs, who I call the Raider Godson. Every time Raider Nation sees this guy, you all need to be on your knees thanking the good football gods above that the Raiders had the good sense and Mike Mayock, along with John Gruden, to draft this kid out of where? The Alabama Crimson Tide. Roll Tide. So, what were your takeaways from the Raiders and Charger game? Because it was a very weird game, at least for the first three and a half quarters. Um, you saw the Raiders do some amazing things on defense. Uh, you saw the Chargers uh, make some good runs. And I noticed a few things, good and bad, uh, that didn't get too ugly when it came to this Raider-Charger game. Yeah, so, I mean, one thing I definitely noticed was that, like any other game, Josh Jacobs is a very elusive I mean, he's a very hard-nosed runner that evades a bunch of tackles, and he's very hard to take down. I mean, that is definitely one thing I noticed. And besides that, Derek Carr leading the team, as you said, on the game-winning drive. He That's his 19th game-winning drive of his career, and people were doubting Carr before this season. I mean... How can you doubt him after that winning drive and winning a huge game like this? Plus, in his past six games, he has an eight touchdown to one interception ratio. How can you doubt him any longer? Well, that's a good point. I mean, listen, Derek Carr exemplified the the Mamba mentality. We all know he's a huge fan and supporter of Kobe Bryant. We all know Kobe Bryant represents not just excellence, but that Mamba mentality that he's instilled upon a lot of players, not just basketball players, 
but, you know, athletes across the board, football, baseball, and so forth. And Derek Carr happens to be one of those recipients. And listen, I said, and I tweeted out on Thursday night, I said, if Derek Carr is going to be that Derek Carr, the one that we saw two and a half seasons ago, that was the running for the league MVP that got the Raiders to 12 and four. This is where the Derek Carr of the Mamba mentality has to come alive. And also clock management is going to have to be in effect. They're going to have to be the most disciplined they've been the entire game. Excuse me. And sure enough, I mean, Derek Carr was launching him. Derek Carr was all over the field. He was finding his spots. It seemed like the O-line was really holding up for him. Probably the best we've seen in that entire game when it came to that drive. I mean, that was a captivating drive. And then when I saw the hole just open right up for Josh Jacobs to run on the left side for 18 yards, and he finally found that black carpet, which was known as the end zone. I mean, I said, okay, it's a wrap. All the, all the Raiders have to do now is not, not play defense. And sure enough, I'd be damned if I didn't see the Raiders almost give this game away defensively because as we saw throughout the night, the Raiders picked up silly penalties that shot themselves in the foot and continued to give the Chargers a chance at this game to stay not only stay in the game early on, but to possibly win the game as the Chargers were driving down the field. Now, the one thing I will say that I noticed um, was that they kept that the Chargers defense kept Mike Williams in check for pretty much the entire game. I think Mike Williams had two big catches uh, late in the third quarter. And pretty much Mike Williams was part of the Mill Cardinal All-Stars. We hadn't seen his presence at all, and especially him coming off a huge 100-plus yard game, the first 100-plus yard game of his career last Sunday against the Green Bay Packers. And now he's, he's a no-show, which to me shows a lot of respect and a lot of uh, tenacity when it comes to the Raider defense. How did you assess this Raider defense, man? Because to me, I think they played fairly well minus the penalties, which they're going to have to definitely clean that up if they plan on making a playoff run. Yeah, you're right. They definitely have to clean up. You cannot play undisciplined football, especially at this stage in the season. But I thought Eric Harris and that defense forcing three turnovers and Phil Rivers was huge because if you, to win games, to get into the playoffs, it helps to create those turnovers. And having three interceptions against and on one of the upper echelon quarterbacks a league in Phil Rivers, or at least in my opinion, he, the Raiders definitely stepped the game up and Eric Harris uh, stepped it up. Having two big interceptions, including a pick six and a large return in the first half alone is huge. And that D-line definitely was, was definitely good. And I definitely think, I mean, they could improve down the stretch. But coming out, fighting like they did last night was good. Oh, man, it was huge. It was a huge game. I mean, this game had a lot of implications. I mean, this was a game that could have propelled the Chargers if they had won to going five, uh, excuse me, five. It would have been five. Yeah, it would have been five and five. So they actually would have been 500 and still in the running for a playoff bid, and they would have put the Raiders behind the eight ball uh, because now their season would have been on the line. 
Now with this win, the Raiders put pretty much put the Chargers season on the line because if the Chargers get another loss, which is quite possible, they're pretty much out of the playoff run because the best they could finish at that point would be 9-7, and seven, and that may not be enough in the AFC to capture uh, a playoff uh, wild card bid, uh, especially with the Raiders continuing to be in second place. And there's only two wild card bids available, which I think are going to come. One is going to come out of the AFC West. I think the other one comes out of the AFC South, depending on the nature of the Houston Texans and the Indianapolis Colts and how that shapes up. Um, but then again, I can't discount the Buffalo Bills right now either because they're playing some really incredible football as well. But we do know one of those those uh, wild card bids could come from the AFC West and the, and the Oakland Raiders can, can put their name on it. If they continue to play better football, continue to, to capture these wins that are necessary for them to put themselves in that position. The one thing I will say, my MVP on defense is definitely Eric Harris. I mean, he was absolutely phenomenal. He was all over the field on Thursday night. I mean, he frustrated Phillip Rivers. You can see after that second interception that Phillip Rivers threw, you can see the frustration on Rivers' face. And I'm saying, okay, now he's getting to him. Now this this Raider defense in front of the black hole is playing like the Raider defense we've imagined them to be playing all season long. And, it, they, I mean, they quickly turned that into a 10-0 lead just in the first quarter. I mean, they shut out the, the Los Angeles Chargers in the first quarter. The Chargers didn't make a run into the second quarter. But the one thing I, I have a problem with and the one thing that concerned me about the Raider defense was the fact they had the inability to stopping the run. I mean, they could not really stop Austin Eckler. They definitely couldn't stop Melvin Gordon because Melvin Gordon had his way pretty much majority of the night when it came to the running game. Uh, he finished with 22 carries on over 100 yards, uh, 100 yards uh, of total offense, which is absolutely incredible. I mean, Melvin Gordon is definitely coming along. But if you're going to be the, the Raiders and you're trying to make a playoff run, what you're going to have to do with your defense is find a way to stop the run effectively. And to me, I think they got a D plus in stopping the run uh, last night when it came to Melvin Gordon and the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, I mean, Melvin Gordon last night showed the reason why he's one of the upper echelon running backs in the league and why he thinks he deserves to be paid all the money. But doing that against the Raiders, Raiders cannot have that for the rest of the season because with opponents coming up who are a lot are still just as good as them, if not better. You can't have that because you're playing teams, you're going to have to play the Chargers again, and you'll need to beat them to get in the playoffs. You'll play the Chiefs, and you'll play a couple other teams that have good, solid running backs within the division. The key to making the playoffs for the Raiders is to win their division, and you have to be able to stop run like you said because you're playing you have a whole con division that is loaded with star started running back well listen i don't think they're gonna win the division i'm gonna be quite honest with you i know raider nation may be mad at me and yes i've been called a raider hater that's fine whatever but i'm a realist i'm a raider realist okay I don't think they win the division. I think Kansas City hangs on, especially with Pat Mahomes coming back. He's he's not lost for the season. We all know how powerful the Kansas City Chiefs are when Pat Mahomes is under center. 
So I don't think they win the division uh, unless Kansas City just completely craps the bed, which I doubt. Uh, so, but I, I think the best that the Raiders can do is finish second, maybe with a 10 win season. And hopefully that propels them into a wild card bid. But yeah, like you said, when they play the Chargers again, they're going to have to play other NFC, uh, excuse me, AFC West opponents moving forward. I mean, when I look at the, when I look at the Raiders schedule, for example, um, they're going to have some tough games. They don't have any, any, any gimme games per se. I mean, minus, um, you know, minus the the let's see, they have the they host the Bengals. That's probably that's going to be that should be a win. They host the excuse me, they go on the road to New York to face the Jets, which can be a trap game because everybody knows West Coast teams have issues flying across the country for those early 10 a.m. games. So that could be an issue. And then right after that, you go to Kansas City to face the Chiefs, which. I don't know how that's going to fail. Um, we, we, you know, listen, I don't know how that's going to happen with a W, especially if Pat Mahomes is back on the center. We saw the last time they faced the Kansas City Chiefs that happened to be in Oakland. And, yes, they played a great first quarter against the Kansas City Chiefs. But correct me if I'm wrong, the last time I checked, the 60 minutes worth of football is four quarters. In the other three quarters, they play like complete hot garbage. So if the Raiders want to bounce back and avenge that loss in Oakland, they're going to have to come out, set the tone much like they did on Thursday night against the Chargers and pretty much keep their foot on the necks of the Kansas City Chiefs. Then they come back home on December the 8th, host the Tennessee Titans, which should be a win. They they remain home against the Jacksonville Jaguars the following week, which should be a win. Then they go down to Los Angeles to the Dignity Health Sports Park on December 22nd. That should be a win for the Los Angeles, excuse me, for the Oakland Raiders. And then they finish out the season at Denver, which can also be a, a kind of a tricky game. We know they did very, very well against the Broncos to open up the season in Oakland. They should mimic that, uh, have a lot of momentum going into that game on December 29th. So from this point right now, I'm looking at one, possibly two, three, four, five. I'm looking at six wins here. I'm looking at possibly six wins here to finish out the season. And the Raiders are currently at five and four. If they can get to 11 and five or even 10 and six, I think that puts them in the position in the driver's seat to get that wild card pick. Because the Raiders are going to have to improve. So I'm looking at that, and I'm saying, looking at the schedule, is six wins, am I expecting too much from the Oakland Raiders saying that they'll finish with six wins? Am I delirious? No, you're not. Because um, looking at the schedule, and with what you just said about some games being trap games, six wins. Could could happen. I mean, yeah, I'm saying I'm saying six wins because I'm counting the trap game because I'm I'm trying to say that hey, they could beat the Jets. The Jets are an inferior team. We know how bad they've been playing. We know how Adam Gates cannot coach. Has no business being in the league coaching on the sidelines, as far as I'm concerned, when it comes to the New York Jets. But who cares? 
All I'm saying is, even with that trap game, minus the Chiefs game, which I'm counting as an L, because I think the Chiefs beat the Raiders in Kansas City. I think the Raiders make it close, but I think Kansas City prevails in that game. So I'm saying I'm saying six games. Even if they won five games, that still puts them at ten and six. If they won five games, that's ten and six. And if you look at the overall AFC picture, right? So let's if you look at the overall AFC picture, and I'm saying to myself, okay, let's look at the playoff picture. So if I'm in the AFC, in the AFC, we all know that. New England is top dog, right? So we know that New England is going to be top dog. We know that the Colts right now, well, the Ravens right now are six and two. The Texans are six and three, along with the Kansas City Chiefs that are also six and three. The Colts are currently five and three, six and two. So worst case scenario. The Bills are going to lose more games. The Colts are probably going to lose more games. So if I'm looking at the Raiders, who are just a game currently behind the Kansas City Chiefs right now, if I'm the Raiders, ironically, for next week, I'm pulling, I have to pull for the Chargers to upset the Kansas City Chiefs in Mexico City. Because if the Chargers can beat the Chiefs, that puts the Chiefs at six and four. Right? It will put them at six and four. I need to see the yeah. Chiefs record. Because it puts them at six and four. Well, I know they play the Tennessee Titans, so let's say they beat the Tennessee Titans, so that puts them at seven and three. If the Chief if the Chargers if the Chargers can beat the Chiefs, which is quite possible, stranger things have happened in the AFC West division. That puts them at seven and four. If the Raiders win, that puts them at six and four. So there's still a game behind, but it helps them. It helps them gain ground, and it sets up a very nice matchup at Arrowhead later on in the season. So. I think they can continue to be neck and neck with the Kansas City Chiefs, even though they they won't win the division. If they are just a game behind the Chiefs, I think that helps them in the standings as a kid. Wow. Yeah, it it definitely helps them in the wild card. But more importantly than that, I think is that it helps them build confidence for the future when they move to Las Vegas because they need to go winner move to Las Vegas, and that's what. The front office, coaching staff, they knew they had to do that to inspire hope. After last season, they didn't know that, but looking at the schedule, they can beat the Bengals, they can beat the Jets. I'm going to say they they can beat the Jaguars, Titans. I, I'm thinking five wins because I have a feeling they lose to Chargers or Broncos, one of those two games. So 11 wins, inspiring hope, and then being neck and neck in year two of the Gruden era or Gruden era 2.0 in Oakland, then there would be very much key for them this season and for next season as well. 
Well, let's take a quick, we're going to take a quick time out because I want to talk about on the other side of the break, the status of one, one LaMarcus Joyner who we saw went down on Thursday night. What is his status for the future? Because that is a gaping hole in the secondary for the Oakland Raiders. Can he move on? Can he perform next week? Is he healthy enough? We'll find all that out on the other side of the break. You guys are inside the hole. That's right, the silver and black hole, exclusively on the Silver and Black Pride Podcast Network here on SB Nation. We'll be right back. And welcome back to the Silver and Black Hole podcast here on Silver and Black Pride Podcast Network, exclusively on SB Nation. I'm your host, Nick Hamilton, alongside my man, Kalen Soka. And yes, the Oakland Raiders are victorious, coming off a huge W. They have a nice little break in between especially on a short week coming off a Thursday night win inside the black hole. And so, of course, unfortunately, the win cannot come without casualties. LaMarcus Joyner, who played exceptionally well on Thursday night, I thought he, he, he pretty much held a lot of the wide receivers in check for the Los Angeles Chargers. I believe it was in the late third quarter. Uh or fourth quarter, rather, where we saw LaMarcus Joyner go down with a hamstring, uh, which was not good. And uh, that could have some severe consequences moving forward when it comes to the, the Raiders' secondary. How big would that loss be um, if LaMarcus Joyner cannot continue for the next two to three weeks, let's say? I mean, with the way the defense picked it up, against the Chargers. I mean, I don't. I personally don't think it would be that big of a loss. Yes, from a leadership standpoint, and for different standpoints like that, it would be a big loss in the locker room and a presence, but he'd still be there, but he just would not be on the field playing. I, d- I don't see it as a huge loss because he hasn't performed up to expectations this year per se, as he has done for the past three seasons when he was with the Rams, where he had four interceptions in three years. He has none this year. He has he hasn't necessarily done much, but he has I, I personally don't see it as a big loss. Well, I have to disagree with you. I think it is a big loss in this regard. Now yes, I agree with you in the fact that he hasn't lived up to the expectations of the times that we've seen him 
when he was with a member of the Los Angeles Rams and how impactful he was under that defense under Wade Phillips. However, his presence and his leadership are needed on the field, especially with the Raiders nursing already a, a significant number amount of injuries. And also not only LaMarcus Joyner went down, but safety Carl Joseph also was injured and went down. And when John Gruden spoke about it on Thursday night in the postgame presser, he said, quote, Where I'm worried about Joyner, really worried about him. And I'm also worried about Joseph, end quote. If John Gruden is really worried about LaMarcus Joyner, that can have some serious consequences. Now, I know we all hear about the next man up philosophy, and that's all fine and good. And I'm not disclaiming or discrediting, rather, anybody that had to step up in LaMarcus Joyner's place because I think the Raiders do have, have some significant players that can play the position. However, when you have an, uh, an experienced guy at cornerback like LaMarcus Joyner, as you alluded to earlier as far as his leadership and his presence being on the field, and you take that away, it does take away some of the vibe or the mystique that is, that is in that secondary for the Oakland Raiders. And then when you also lose your safety in Carl Joseph, uh, and when, uh, you know, Carl Joseph was optimistic while he was using crutches, leaving the Oakland Alameda Coliseum on Thursday night, you know, he said, quote, hopefully I'll be all right, but we'll see uh, tomorrow, meaning Friday, get everything checked out. So hopefully it's nothing but a minor injury. I'm, I'm sure crutches are a precautionary measure. So I don't want to get Raider Nation too riled up as far as how much significant time he could, Carl Joseph could miss. But I will say this much, uh, losing Carl Joseph for a long period of time, along, along with LaMarcus Joyner, doesn't help you if you're trying to make a strong playoff push. Um, listen, I, this is some, I'm more concerned about LaMarcus Joyner especially when John Gruden said it, because Gruden rarely speaks about injuries in, the, in this form uh, when he talks about some, he be, him being really worried about somebody. Um, I think it, it's serious. Uh, we Hopefully, we don't know how serious it is. Hopefully, it's not too serious where he'll miss the entire season uh, type of series. Maybe he misses the next two to four weeks, and if they do make the playoffs, he'll be back in time for the playoffs, or at least the last you know, a couple of games or the last game of the season. Um, and speaking of LaMarcus Joyner, uh, you know, that's tough, man. I mean, you lose two guys that you significantly need. That puts a dent in your defense. And when you're facing teams like the Kansas City Chiefs or going on the road against uh, the Los Angeles Chargers or even the, the Denver Broncos, who aren't really doing that well this year, uh, it could be it could pose a huge problem, man. Yeah, it could. And especially since you're already down one Jonathan Abram and Yes. And your depth is kind of, is sort of depleted. And I read uh earlier this morning that um for Ian Rappaport, the team's concerned that Carl Joseph's injury might be serious and he'll undergo an MRI today, Friday. But if you lose two of them, that that seriously depletes your depth and everything, especially after the trade deadline passed, everything where you cannot improve with serious talent, the defensive secondary. So it would definitely ha not be good, especially when you're coming up and playing teams such as teams led by Patrick Mahomes and 
I'm going to say Tannehill has performed admirably this season for the Titans. And then you also had to face Philip Rivers again. It's not the most ideal situation having a banged-up secondary. Teams that banged-up secondaries rarely, if ever, perform well after they lose the depth there. Well, you know what? Here's the problem I have. And, I mean, I understand what you're saying, and you make a, a valid point. What I will say is this. If it's a serious injury, if Ian Rappaport from the NFL Network is reporting that it could be a possible serious injury when it comes to Carl Joseph, that sounds like he could be out for the season. If he is out for the season, I may have to dial back my high level of expectations when it comes to the Oakland Raiders winning out the next five to six games. Um, the offense, listen, I think the offense continues to improve. I think Derek Carr has finally found his groove. I love Josh Jacobs. I think Josh Jacobs is going to continue to improve. I, he has my bid for rookie of the year because I think he's he's been the engine as it pertains to getting this offense continuing to go in the right direction. Um, this guy is a, is a dynamic threat. He can run the ball. He can catch out the backfield. He can find the open holes. Even when you, there were a couple of times on Thursday night where you thought Josh Jacobs uh, was a guy that was already caught, the play was done, dead, and he bounces around and finds an extra five to six yards and pretty much keeps the chains going. That's how dynamic and special this young man is. Um, and so I don't, I don't doubt. I love Tyrell Williams and what he's done. Hunter Renfro, Hunter Winfro, uh, the rookie. I think he's done an exceptional job thus far. He's starting to find his groove. And, and, and for the first time in a long time, I think Derek Carr has some significant weapons that he can find and throw to and keep the chains moving and keep the ball going. Yes, he was sacked twice on Thursday night. Uh, Melvin Ingram is no slouch. Melvin Ingram is one of those bookends that you do not want to be on the end of and looking up at him from the ground up uh, along with Joey Bosa. So, hey, there was no escaping. Either he was going to get sacked by Joey Bosa or he was going to get sacked by Melvin Ingram. It was the lesser of the two evils, I think. Uh, when it come to Derek Carr, but he remained poised. He got back up, got back under center, uh, and, and finished out the drive. So, listen, he's going to have moments like that. But overall, this is a guy in Derek Carr that finished extremely well. I think he finished 21 for 31, buck 78 uh, with a touchdown. So, he's come. I mean, listen, this guy is coming back. And this is a guy, this is the quarterback we've all been waiting for for the last two years. 21 for 31, 218, excuse me, 218 yards passing and one touchdown. Uh, I'm excited about this Raider team now. I'm actually excited about it. I'm actually excited to see. And I tell you what, the coolest thing of the night, man, is when we saw head coach John Gruden dapping up, high-fiving the fans at the end of the game in the black hole. I thought that was extremely cool. I thought that was fun to see Gruden in that moment, um, especially them being the last year in Oakland uh, before they moved to Las Vegas. And I know it's tough for the fans up in Oakland, but hey, that's the pro that's the price of business. They're moving to the Las Vegas stadium next year. Uh, but while they're still in Oakland, the fans are still coming out in droves, showing their love, showing their support. And the thing about Raider Nation, I tell this to anybody, Raider Nation travels extremely well. I don't care if it's in Timbuktu. I don't care if it's in Rome, Italy. The Raider Nation will travel. Um, and on Thursday night, you saw the power and the impact 
of Raider Nation in the black hole. To me, the last play of the game, and I want to talk briefly about that, the last play of the game, when I look at Max Crosby and Colleen Farrell, how they jammed up Phillip Rivers so bad on that last play, it was fourth and 10, final possession, could the Chargers move forward and keep the chains rolling and try to win the game, at least even by a field goal. And I don't know if you saw the picture, Kaylin, but my man Phillip Rivers' eyes was closed and saying, looked like he was praying to say, please don't hurt me, please don't touch me, as he, was, as he released the ball for an incomplete pass. That, to me, was the funniest thing I saw all night long. I don't know about you, but I find that kind of stuff funny. Because when you see quarterbacks that shook when they close their eyes and hope and pray, man, that's how you know the defense was on point like a decimal. And defense was impactful uh, when they need to be impactful the most. But they've got to cut down on the, on the turnovers. Man. That, that has got to stop. Yeah, they, they definitely need to stop the turnovers. But as when you're talking about Phillip Rivers, look what I did see that picture in. That means your defense is in the right direction and where it should be. When you're putting a grimace, when people are fearing your defense and your defense is doing that to a divisional quarterback, that is always good for Raider Nation to see. And then, then going on Mad Max Crosby, as everyone's talked about about the draft, he was one of the steals of the draft for the Raiders, getting him as a mid-round pick. That was one of the steals, and he's looking like that this season. Remember when the Raiders were sending people home for the draft and people were worried about that? Well, the Raiders mm-hmm. had a plan, and they stuck to it. And it's paying dividends on the field this season. Yeah, it is. I mean, when you look at what they're, I mean, they're, they only allow, they only allow 370 yards per opponent, which is ranked 14th in the NFL. They're actually eighth and only giving up 130 yards rushing per opponent, which is absolutely phenomenal. And then they're, they only allow 23.1 points per opponent, which is 16th best in the league. So when I look at this defense, it can only get better, but their main issue is going to be health. Can they stay healthy? Can guys come back off this long, what I call a mini buy, and really start to get healthy and come back for the defense? Because when I look at this defense, and when I look at, I'm sorry, my mistake. Scratch that. When I look at the defense, I mean, they're ranked 11th in rushing yards. They're only giving up 98.4 yards rushing. Uh, They're giving up. 283.2 yards, which is still damn near last in the league, so they need to clean that up. They're averaging 26.7 points per opponent of giving up that those type of points uh, for defense. So they've got to definitely clean that up. The numbers that I read you previously were the numbers for the offense. They're actually uh, scoring 21, 23.1 points per game, which is 16th in the league. Uh, They're averaging about 370 yards, which is 14th in the league. Rushing yards are averaging almost 130 yards, which is eighth, thanks to thanks to Josh Jacobs. And passing yards, they're actually passing 240 
6.2 yards, which is 15th in the league, which is about mid-range, which is probably where exactly where they should be, uh, being that they're 5-4. and four. So only upward for the offense. Defense, a lot more question marks. We'll see within the next week if we can answer some of those question marks as it pertains to the health of the defense. When you're moving forward, uh, the Raiders are going to be able to host these, shall I say, winless Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, and that should be a relatively, I won't say easy game because no game is easy in the NFL. But the way that the Cincinnati Bengals have been playing as of late, I mean, damn it, a high school team can beat them. That's how bad they look. A junior college team could beat the Cincinnati Bengals right about now. That's how bad they look. So there's no excuse why the Raiders should not come out victorious against the Cincinnati Bengals. And then Next week. even Andy Dalton is even starting for the Bengals either. So, you know, it's yeah. definitely be a win for Oakland. They're favored by eight points right now, but that that should go up. Well, yeah, I mean, I think, listen, when they're trying to – I think the Cincinnati Bengals are on team tank mode. They're trying to get the number one spot, especially now that the Miami Dolphins have won their first game of the season. They're, the Cincinnati Bengals are pretty much in the driver's seat as far as being team tank and getting the number one overall pick in the 2020 NFL draft. So I don't see them trying to get a W on purpose. I think they play, but they don't play to the level where they're supposed to because they're in, they're in team tank mode. So the Raiders should go ahead and continue to play Phenomenal offensive football. Hopefully the defense can gather it up. Next man up. Hopefully they can rally, regroup, and get it together and go ahead and stay and get to six and four and stay in contention in the AFC West and the AFC as a whole. So we'll see what happens next Sunday. Hey, man, it's going to be great. Oakland Alameda Coliseum next Sunday, 125 p.m. CBS. Until next week, it's time for us to get up out the hole, man. So thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the Silver and Black Hole here on the Silver and Black Pride Podcast Network exclusively on SB Nation. Raider Nation, stand up. We got a W. Let's go get another one. For Kalen SoCal, I am your host, Nick Hamilton. Until next time, take care, Raider Nation. Just win. I'm from the land of the players, slick talkers and collar poppers, narcotics and boss ballers, pit bulls and the rock rollers, niggas with gold teeth, old schools on gold feet, killers and OGs, task posts and the police, Mac off the foothill, East 14, Sobrani Park, Brookfield, Plymouth and Walnut Street, from the building seminary to the rolling 20s, we'll get them celebrities like Big Feet and Little D, you see the East Bay Dragons, it's the home of the Panthers, with niggas like tons of crack and fans catching on camera, throw you in the slammer, it's the home of show and I'm a player, boss player, and if you with me, pop your collar, shake the haters. I'm a-
a raider. Just like my niggas before me. But I was a thief without the open face. Gold teeth and in gold was some fine ass Oakland Raiders. And too short was the first Oakland Raider on the set. Now, who man was a raider when he was fucking with that? And the story X was a raider when he was a water to stay. And Dangerous Dane was a raider when he was calling hoes names. But I know from the lake on Sundays to the 5 Now we to East Mott with the side show. But it's fun and I'm famous, but I ain't trying to die though. Niggas be going out in the game, but not I. If I have to go back to dope, I'm swinging for survival. Now, true pippy doo, if you hoeing and he pippin' you, tried it for 30 days, I ain't lying, I ain't with it, dude. A babysitting job? Oh my God, that's a job. But I still wanna do it, cause it's 100% odd. I'm a waiter, open raider, from the bay to LA to Las Vegas. Cause I'm a player, a boss player. And if you make me pop your collar, shake them haters. I'm a waiter, open raider, from the bay to LA to Las Vegas. Hieroglyphics been raided since 93 till infinity Some underground shit that just shook the fucking industry And Humpty with his gone ass, a raider in his own right The whole D you can't forget you amped on sight Now, Mystic, she the only female raider I know You the shit, baby girl, I'm just letting you know And last but not least Tupac Shakur, nigga, uh, rest in peace. I'm from the city of dope, the town of the crack. I'm from the city of pimps, the town of the Mac. East Oakland, he told Ebonic speech broken, keep joking. The loonies about to have the streets smoking. Down top, y'all keep smoking. Hey, we got the killer throwing eight. Heron and kilos for days. It's the city of the warriors, the home of the A's. Where niggas get sideways, shoot out some highways, nigga. East Oakland, bitch. I'm a Representing the town, Eastside Oakland, you know how we do it. 